Hello again, I'm Jason Altmeyer. Welcome to another edition of Career Education Report. And today we are going to talk about the nationwide shortage in allied health professionals, which is literally an epidemic across the country. There's a huge problem. We've talked about it many times. And we have Vaughn Ton Quinlevin today to talk about this. She is with Futuro Health based in California, but they have their mission to help solve this problem. Can you talk a little bit about what Futuro Health is? Absolutely, Jason. I just came back from speaking with the National Governors Association Healthcare Workforce Forum, where they bring together states that are tackling this issue of shortages. And interestingly enough, when I keynoted that forum a few years ago, there were only five states participating. This time it's 20 states. So as you can tell that the shortages are not solving themselves and all the states are looking for solutions, right? How do, how do we begin to solve, but not 25 students at a time because the numbers are in the thousands, the 10,000s, the 100,000s. And frankly, when you start adding them all together, we're talking about millions in this workforce that is much needed from direct caregivers to the crisis that we are facing in mental and behavioral health where there's also a shortage of workers. So Futuro Health was formed by Kaiser Permanente and its partner to benefit the industry and to take on a, the challenge of how do we begin to solve this shortage for allied health workers in perhaps a different way. Kaiser Permanente itself is used to starting up its own accredited institutions, but we felt that design was not the right design for the magnitude of the issue. Instead, the approach that we chose was in order to create a solution that could begin solving at thousands of individuals at a time, bringing thousands into the workforce, so some scale, but also paying equal attention to inclusivity. So whether you're coming from rural communities or diverse communities, that there's an opportunity for you that you otherwise wouldn't have gotten. And then agility. So we were solving three things because scale, inclusivity, and agility, because as we all know, during the pandemic, things shifted quite quickly. For example, telehealth went from, you know, low two-digit adoption to maybe the 80% and hasn't reverted back. So skill sets have changed a lot. And so how do you begin to build a solution to help employers, to help states, to help individuals move into healthcare in higher volume than we had before? And so Futura Health was uh, created the approach that we've taken is to build a consortium, an ecosystem. We call it an ecosystem of education providers. We look at the occupations that are in demand. We go out and seek education provider partners who have quality programs. And then we begin to scout and recruit individuals in the community who may be interested in moving into this education journey. And the education journey, once they meet the minimum qualifications of the program, begins with a what we call a human touch healthcare. So we had to develop this part of the journey because employers complained about the soft skills, but also we found that adults, many of them hadn't been in education for a while or hadn't been in education that is in the online format. And most importantly, they needed to have time to get their family in shape, ready, supportive of them to go into the full technical program offered by our education partners, many of the colleges. 100% of the thousands and thousands of individuals who are called Futura Health Scholars, they all go through Human Touch Healthcare. 
And then they advance into a wide range of technical programs offered by our education partners, including medical assistant, sterile processing tech, surgical tech, phlebotomist, emergency room tech, public health informatics. So the range of occupations are wide. The demand is huge. And what we were trying to solve is how do you bring the adult population in an inclusive way to participate in these healthcare jobs? So you at Futuro Health are not, you're not a school. You have Futuro scholars, so you're helping to fund individuals. But am I correct in thinking that the role that you're playing is connecting all of the stakeholders, the interested parties. You work with employers, you work with schools, you identify individuals that have the aptitude and the willingness and interest to go into these careers, and then you put them together in a way that you're identifying the need, you're finding employers who have a need for for workers, you're identifying schools who can help train those future allied health professionals, and then you're placing those individuals in the schools and then they find work later with those same employers. So is that basically what you do? Recently, I was in uh, Nevada in front of a group of 100 employers, and they stood up, the head of the, the association stood up and said, well, we're having a hard time finding workers. Is it a marketing problem? Is healthcare having a marketing problem? Like, we can't market our jobs. But it's much more than that. When we did a focus group, we did four focus groups before creating Futura Health, and we're a nonprofit. We did four focus groups, one in entirely Spanish. And what we discovered that was for people who were interested in going into healthcare, and I'm talking about the adults here, they had no idea how to navigate from here to there because it's very confusing terrain. The second is that for people who successfully landed in healthcare, they're stuck on the bottom rung because they have so much debt. They have too much debt. So what all our Futura Hall scholars, thanks to the generosity of our funders, have received full tuition scholarships, as well as student supports, augmented supports that help them move through this education journey successfully. And, and Jason, I, would, I just want to point out something too. We have been focusing on the adult population. We know that the K-12 population has been flatlining or shrinking across the country and states. We know that the baby boomers, with all of their experience, is exiting, right? And so what we were trying to figure out is what is the education journey that meets adults where they're at that then successfully can bring them into education? And so in this moment in time, when you have declines, continuous decline in higher education enrollment, and for community colleges, they're, they're severe, it's like 17%, we have been able to successfully beat all of our numbers because the journey is constructed such that it works for adults from all sorts of communities. When you identify an adult student who is going to be a Futuro scholar, how do they select their venue for their education? How do they pick their school? Jason, you could be going out in the community and, and, and suggest to your friends and family and you know someone that you meet that you're mentoring, hey, just go to Futuro Health's website and fill out a profile. Many college processes are about to screen people out. Our process is more about bringing people into, into the education journey. And so if you meet the minimum qualifications, then they tend to be aligned with the hiring 
criteria of employers or the the minimum qualifications of the educational providers, immediately then you're getting an outbound call from Futura Health and we're talking you through the process that is ahead. And for many adults, that's an anxiety-ridden process. And so as we walk you through, you know, what is coming ahead and we begin you immediately into human touch healthcare, that's another thing. Adults don't want to wait until the, the semester starts, right? It's too far. So when they're interested, be, where every two weeks they're able to start human touch healthcare. And that begins to affirm whether or not they want to continue on the journey and get some ready for the journey. What works for our education partner is that because we're doing the scouting and recruiting and the preparation of these individuals, and we're moving not one or two individuals into the program, but we're talking about here's 75 enrollments for sterile processing tech. The education provider is much more interested in working with us to set up more start dates, for example, streamlining the, the data transfer process for enrollment, and then also doing the data transfer such that we know how the scholar is progressing along their program. All of this is intended to improve and support the scholar as they move along. And I, I think you'll hear from the scholars themselves. Actually, one, one just uh, wrote to me and said, it's just, I was really anxious to put in my application, but the moment that I did, I felt highly supported through the enrollment process, but also into the human touch healthcare. And that's what many adults need in order to consider making a transition. You mentioned earlier that high quality schools are very important to you. How do you define quality? How do you identify schools that would be acceptable and you would think have high enough quality to participate in the program? It's a combination of the school's quality, but we specifically look at the, the, the program of interest. If we're looking at phlebotomy or if we're looking at surgical tech, we're looking at, you know, what's the curriculum? We're also looking at the completion rate and we're looking at the workforce outcomes of those programs. There's conversations around the student supports and the career supports or externship support. All of those elements are in the mix for us as we do the diligence on every single one of our education provider partners. Now, interestingly enough, Jason, I was going to say, we found that when we began, there was actually a group of privates, I mean, like independents that all came together into a consortium. This is interesting too. And so together, they worked with us to cover a wider set of geographies, starting in California, than any one of those institutions would do alone. And they also agreed amongst themselves, like a collective tuition for the same program. Now, every single one of those programs at every single one of those providers had to have the common denominator of quality, but from a kind of administration, they did collective effort, which was very helpful because we needed scale. What we do is we lined up the education and then we also geolocate, especially if there's a lab component, we geolocate the school to what is closest to them. So it's less of a, does the the student pick the school? It's like they pick the education journey. We've curated all the education providers and the, the sequence and that is all brought to them. So, so for example, there's a role called emergency room technician right now. It actually requires three different certificates, a phlebotomist, an EKG certificate, and emergency medical technician. Those three certificates can actually be offered by three different providers. 
but it's going to be one journey for the student because we're going to prearrange that. They all go in human touch healthcare. We're going to sequence those three programs using different providers. And for the student, they don't get lost between providers. So it's a different way of structuring the education journey to simplify it for them because they have busy lives. There's a lot of chaotic things going on behind the scenes. We're working to simplify all that for them so that they could successfully get into the journey and persist through the journey. We work with all sorts of education providers as long as they're quality. And the other key thing is that the ability to do data exchange with us is very important. You mentioned earlier, and we talk about this a lot, soft skills, which is something that you don't think about or the average person would not think about when you think about the education process and uh, especially in allied health and you know consumer-facing roles. Talk about the importance of soft skills. What, what, what do you mean by that and why is that important? Definitionally, we focus in our, our curriculum and in, into a number of areas, but it's not a surprise to anybody who's delivering healthcare curriculum that communications, compassion, uh, cultural competencies, you know, teamwork, it's not a surprise that the more that individuals are attuned to how they come across and how they work with others, all of that will drive better health outcomes. Every education provider will also have soft skills interpersonal skills development in their curriculum. It just seems that the employers just cannot get enough of it. We're glad that we can fortify the skill sets of Futura Health Scholars. And as a byproduct, they do come better prepared once they enroll with our education partners. It's been a good preparation. I'm sure all of the education providers here do soft skills. Even back in my executive vice chancellor capacity, no matter whether you sat with the two-year system or four-year system, the employers complained at every level of education that people were coming unprepared with those skill sets. And we've all seen it. You, you go to the doctor's office, you go have an x-ray, you, you have blood drawn, whatever it might be, dentist's office. And these are folks that you know need to communicate with the consumer. Sometimes they're angry about a bill question or whatever. You have to be able to navigate different personalities. It really is a skill set that I don't think people think about when they think about the education that's required to fill that role. Because being able to communicate effectively, to deal with different personalities, to, to think and deal with billing issues and so forth, that, that really is something that's very important. That is. And there's an added dimension. Like in healthcare, it's really important to have the workers reflect the communities that are being served in order to have better health outcome. You know, if you have someone who mirrors you, whether that's the rural experience or you're from an ethnic community, then there's greater trust. And once you have greater trust, then you can talk about what your health issues are, the symptoms of your health issues, and are able to get better care. There's the soft skills and then there's the cultural competency of understanding the patients that are being served. One of the things that we hear as a cause of the workforce shortage, or at least a contributor to the workforce shortage, is the fact that these jobs often do not pay a lot. And there's a huge societal value to them, but you're working directly with employers. Have you had that conversation with them that part of the responsibility of the employer, it would seem, would be to make sure that these folks who they're helping to see go through the educational pipeline are making a reasonable 
wage on the other end. But it's a real conundrum. I mean, the highest volume jobs are the lowest paid jobs. So many states, for example, to do it effectively, basically the employers won't hire those jobs or won't pay more unless they know that they can be reimbursed by the insurance, right? So for many states, like I mentioned, I was at the National Governors Association. They actually have created state budget items to be able to reimburse community health workers, for example. People who come from the community, they're trained through certificate level, but if their services are not reimbursed, then the employers are not going to hire them. Again, if you're thinking about a system of healthcare and how to bring people in, you have to think about how the employers get reimbursed and then also how do you structure for individuals to get into the job, but also to move up so that they're not stuck on that bottom rung. And as we wrap up, if somebody wanted to find out more about Futuro Health and what you do and uh, maybe become involved in some way, how would they find you? Well, Jason, we can be easily found at www.futuro, like future, but with an O, health.org. So uh, please find us there. We also have a podcast called Workforce Rx. You can find anywhere that you listen to podcasts where we feature leaders who are thinking about the future of health, the future of learning, the future of work, and what are the innovations. So that's another place where if you're interested in workforce development and what can be done, that's another place where you can find us. But do look at www.puturohealth.org. And given that you have this audience, we're always looking for quality partners with quality programs. I would highly recommend the podcast as I was preparing to talk to you today. I listened to a few episodes and you really do get high quality guests, very interesting topics. So anyone out there interested in learning more, I would recommend that you listen to those as well. Well, thank you, Jason. Our guest today has been Vaughn Ton Quinlevin. She is the CEO of Futuro Health. Thank you, Vaughn, for being with us. Thanks for joining me for this episode of the Career Education Report. Subscribe and rate us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. For more information, visit our website at career.org and follow us on Twitter at CQED. That's at C-E-C-U-E-D. Thank you for listening.